The James Harden sweepstakes are as loud as ever with the Clippers being the number one destination for him and being in the thick of the discussions. I am going to be talking about the pros and cons, both sides of the James Harden trade equation. And also Mason Plumlee back with the Clippers going to be reacting to it all on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Viziri, born and raised in Los Angeles, going into my 19th season as a Clipper fan in the fall. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. And of course, subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA Clipper, LA Sports and NBA history content. And Locked On Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms, including YouTube, where I want you to comment your thoughts about the James Harden situation. Do you want him on the team? Do you not want him on the team? And then react to the Mason Plumlee re-signing. Let me know what you think of that. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the best daily fantasy entry app around. But let's get right into it. So I'm going to begin with talking about the pros of James Harden and why the people that want the Clippers to get him have valid points. Now, I think I was pretty clear on the last episode. And if you follow me on Dime Dropper or just know anything about me, you know how I feel about James Harden. But as the host of Locked on Clippers, I need to be able to look at things not just from my basketball lens, but from everyone's basketball lens so I'm going to be being as objective as I can be here so the obvious pros to James Harden are that he's still a great player I mean make no mistake about it this is one of the best playmakers of all time one of the better isolation players of all time one of the better scores of all time I mean he's had the third largest scoring season or third highest scoring average in a season since Wilt Chamberlain played After Michael Jordan's 1987 season where he averaged 37 points, Kobe, actually no, second, because he averaged more than Kobe. Kobe's 35 points in 06. Now, granted, so much harder to average 35 in 06 than it was 2019. But James Harden averaging 36 points is not something to be forgotten or overlooked. That was incredible. Obviously, he's not that player, but he's a declining version of that player. A declining version that's been an all-star 10 straight seasons and should have probably been an all-star this last season for the 11th straight time because in my opinion he was healthier and better this past season than he was in the 2021-22 season where he was decent for Brooklyn didn't look fully healthy in the beginning of the beginning of the season they traded him to Philadelphia and he just didn't look that great had a terrible exit in the playoffs in game six against Miami But he bounced back with a really solid all-star season this year. He led the league in assists. He averaged 21 points, 11 assists, 6 rebounds on 44, 38.5 from 3, and 87% from the line splits. 
in 58 games. He did average 3.4 turnovers, though, which was one of the higher numbers in the league. But let's just look at those numbers right then and there. 21 points, 11 assists, and 6 rebounds on a team that was the 3 seed in the Eastern Conference and ended up being in the second round, one game away from the conference finals. So just by that logic, he'd be our third best player. And if you want to keep it real and include the playoffs, he probably had a better season than Paul George last year. Do I think he's better than Paul George right now? I do not. But I think as of 2021, he was playing better than Paul George in the regular season. And in all the seasons before that, he had been considered better than him for the last couple of years. Now, 2022, you can go either way. Both of them were not 100%. James Harden obviously played more games, but Paul George looked better when he played. Then this past season, I think it's pretty even. I like Paul George's game more. I'm a little bit more partial to him, so I'd say he'd still be considering it's his team with Kawhi. He'd be the second option. James Harden as a third option... He's never really been that except for with Brooklyn. And if they had been healthy in 2021, they could have won the championship. So the last time we saw James Harden as the third scoring option, he was the closest he'd really ever been to winning a championship. Either that or the 2018 when he was at his peak. He's no longer at his peak. So James Harden would instantly be our third best player. He led the league in assists. That tells you how great of a playmaker he is. He's amazing in the pick and roll. He's one of the best passers in the league. He's mastered that pocket pass with his left hand and even that backhand going to his right. And teams respect his floater so much that that's why a lot of his big men are open on those roles. Now, we have to contextualize that he was playing alongside the MVP last year in Joel Embiid. And besides Jokic and Murray, I think Harden and Embiid was the second hardest, or should I say the hardest, pick-and-roll combination to defend last year because of Embiid's amazing ability to hit that pick-and-pop mid-range and James Harden's ability to place that pocket pass right on the money and time it perfectly. And of course, you can't just let Harden go downhill because even though he's not really elevating at the rim the same way he used to, he still has an incredible left-handed runner and is a really good free throw shooter when he gets fouled and a very good passer on the drive, one of the best of his generation. So, bringing an elite playmaker that I think is a better playmaker than Russ right now for two reasons. One, he's less turnover prone, I'd say. So I'd say he makes safer passes, even though he turns the ball over a good amount as well. But I think he's just always been considered and always been a safer bet with the ball in his hands than Russ. Got a better handle than Russ. And mainly, he's a better scorer, so teams give him more attention in the pick and roll. And that's why I think Harden is one of the best pick and roll players of all time. Russ, I don't think he's one of the best pick and roll players of all time. I think he's good in the pick and roll, has a decent pocket pass, but he's not a better pick and roll player than Harden. He's not a better playmaker than Harden. And I think bringing in Harden would make him instantly the best playmaker on the team. Now, another reason you want to bring in Harden. The more the merrier, right? Star power. I mean, this team has two stars. Russell Westbrook will probably never be an all-star again, but he can be like a third star on some given nights. But why not just stack it up with star power? Four stars, especially, and the main thing people are telling me, and it is somewhat valid, is Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are so injury-prone that having James Harden, who granted has not been the healthiest in the world recently, I mean, he missed 24 games this past year, but that would be more than Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So 24 games is still a decent chunk. But hey, if we have 
all four of them, Russ, Harden, Paul, and Kawhi, each play 50-plus games, in those 32 games that these guys are missing or whatnot, if we have a different combination of those four, at least two of them, we will be equipped to win a lot of regular season games. And that's the main case of bringing James Harden on board is that he will help our regular season immensely. He's one of the best regular season players of all time. And I've emphasized more than anyone to have a championship contending season, or I shouldn't say a championship contending season, to have a championship winning season, you need a very good regular season, a great one in 99% of cases. And James Harden will help with that. He's also better off the ball in the sense of being a catch-and-shoot guy than Russ. He's a much better three-point shooter. So James Harden undoubtedly adds star power to the team, adds talent to the team, and if you get him at the right price, why not? He helps the floor, and he arguably raises the ceiling, and he can make Paul George and Kawhi's life easier by being such a great playmaker and taking the ball out of their hands. Now, what are the cons to Harden? Where does that leave Russell Westbrook? Going to be talking about all that coming up. But before I do that, I got to tell you a little something about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the best daily fantasy entry app out there. And here's how it works all you got to do is pick two to six players and predict if they'll score more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry, and it's not competing against other people. It's just you and the projections available. And prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. That includes the NBA, MLB, NHL, you name it. Obviously, it's not hockey season right now. But WNBA, soccer, all that, you can find it on prize picks. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals and currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. Just download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, prize picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right. Now it's time for me to talk about why I don't think bringing James Harden along would be the move. First of all, I think it's a weird basketball fit. I am not a huge fan of just throwing all the stars you can find on a team and just saying, oh, talent will win out. I don't think that's how basketball works. And in all my years of watching basketball, and now 19 years plus being a historian of the game, these teams often don't win the championship where you throw all these stars together and just hope it works. Fit matters. So let's get into the basketball fit, right? James Harden and Russ have played together, but they played together very early in their careers when James Harden was a sixth man and then ultimately blossomed and became a different player in Houston. Then they played with each other. They had no other stars on the team. So Russell Westbrook basically was a Chris Paul replacement. Russell Westbrook has never been the fourth best player on a team. James Harden, yeah, I'm not too worried about him being a third option. I'm worried about all four of them together. I think rhythm matters. And if you want to get the best version of all these four guys, I don't think you can do that with them playing together, especially with the projected starting lineup of Russ, Harden, Paul, Kawhi, and Zoo. Let's just talk about that lineup for a sec. 
James Harden one hasn't played point. Uh, I'm sorry, shooting guard since 2016. Ever since D'Antoni became the coach of James Harden's Rockets, he was the point guard. He was bringing up the ball. He was running tons of pick and rolls every single game. He was their primary ball handler, and his assist numbers skyrocketed. When he went to Brooklyn, he was doing the same thing. When he played with Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook, he was still the primary guy at that position. Now, you might say, well, when Chris Paul was there, he became the shooting guard. Not really. They just took turns playing point guard. Now, again, I'm not saying Russell Westbrook and James Harden can't take turns playing point guard. The problem is we have two better players than these guys, and we need them getting their shots. And a lot of times guaranteeing their shot attempts come from them being initiators, not them spotting up for James Harden and Russell Westbrook to run pick and roll and take turns doing it. So I don't want to limit our two best players by bringing in another ball-dominant guy. Here's the thing. Russ is pretty ball-dominant. But the thing is, he showed a lot of awareness in terms of how much we needed him to be on the ball and when we needed him to be off the ball. There were very rare instances, I wouldn't say very rare, but it wasn't that often that I said Russ is doing too much. It happens sometimes, but not too much. James Harden, same thing. Everyone wants to say, oh, he's a pass-first guy. No, he's an assist-first guy. He will make the assist pass or the playmaking pass to score, but oftentimes you don't see James Harden bringing the ball down and spreading it out and then spotting up. He's a statue off the ball, and that's a problem that both Russell Westbrook and James Harden are very stagnant off the ball. Now, Westbrook showed more in the uh, with us than with the Lakers in his sense that he was setting more screens, and I love Westbrook as the roller. He was going for offensive rebounds when teams were sagging off, and when he got the ball, he was working quickly off the catch. Now, James Harden does not work quickly off the catch. He sometimes hesitates to shoot open threes, even though he's off the catch, even though he's not bad at them. He, like, instead will, like, wait for the defender to recover and then run a pick and roll himself or try to isolate. And that's my thing about Harden. He's such a ball pounder. He's totally going to make our offense more isolation-based. And granted, he's a great isolation player, but I thought we wanted more speed to our offense. Not a guy pounding the ball, going tween cross, tween cross so much. And another thing with Harden, does he make our defense any better? That's another concern. He does not make our defense any better. He's physical, he's strong, and I think he's it's overstated how bad of a defender he is. He's actually a good post defender, so we'll be able to switch a good amount and won't get bullied. But then another problem with that starting lineup is Kawhi Leonard is now playing the four, which a lot of people have a problem with. I've said that I'm okay with him playing the four because I don't think that this league is filled with brutes at that position like it used to be. And Kawhi Leonard is really strong, a fantastic rebounder, and I think he's one of the better secondary rim protectors and rotators that we have on this roster. Now, playing that small ball lineup, I mean, it sounds all good, but in my opinion, you just aren't getting certain guys enough looks and touches. And it's just, I don't think they're going to be like butting heads or anything. I just think it'll be hard to find a rhythm. And the other suggestion people have is Westbrook going to the bench. And I can tell you this from people that I know. Westbrook did not come to the Clippers to go to the bench. He did not re-sign with the Clippers to be off the bench. So the people that are pro-Harden 
are usually people that are not very pro Russ. I've noticed, except for a couple people that just think we need to stack up on talent and start them all and roll out the super friends. Again, I'm not about this super team stuff. That's not what's won the last couple of years. You need balanced rosters and not with just a bunch of big names. Look what the Suns just did with Chris Paul, Aiden Booker, and KD. It didn't work. Even if Chris Paul was healthy, it was not going to work. The Celtics put together Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Marcus Smart, all these guys, Terry Rozier, and, and they were horrendous because there were too many cooks in the kitchen and guys started getting upset that they weren't getting the looks that they, were, that they wanted. And then Kyrie was doing his own thing and then that was a whole ordeal. But that my point is too much talent. Russ, LeBron, and, and AD didn't really work out that well, did it? So again, I think fit matters. And James Harden, we're also going to be gutting some of our depth. You know, Norman Powell, people can say what they want. Of course, you're technically replacing Norman Powell's scoring with James Harden more scoring and playmaking. But if a player gets injured or two players get hurt, what do we got off the bench? We're relying on Bones, Highland, and Brandon Boston to do all the heavy lifting in terms of shot creation off the bench. I mean, first the, the matter, the moral of the story is Russ is not coming off the bench. So if you think that's going to happen, get it out of your head. We should not have Harden. My biggest thing is this. We bring in Harden, what does that mean for Russ? Who do we have bringing up the ball more? Now, I'm not saying it matters, oh, this guy gets 10 times bringing up the ball, and then this guy gets 8. Nobody keeps track of that stuff. I mean, actually, they do, but the players don't care, right? My thing is, I think we're totally reducing Russ's value if we bring in James Harden. We brought Russ in so he could be the point guard, not play with another ball-dominant guy like LeBron. He could set the table for Paul and Kawhi, who don't want the ball as much. But now we're going to be limiting what he's supposed to do for this team by bringing in Harden and then putting Russ off the ball more. Like, that's not, I don't think that's conducive to making Russell Westbrook the best version of himself. Now, a lot of people are saying it doesn't matter what Russ wants. A team is about personalities and getting guys to be happy with their roles and I don't think that after what we just saw with Russell Westbrook we bring in James Harden and make Russell Westbrook change so much James Harden was unhappy with Houston you saw what John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins said when he was on his way out that he totally disrespected the team in Brooklyn he quit he literally quit and was lollygagging in the last couple of games I mean I understand. He saw the mess before everyone else saw it, and I, I applaud James Harden for that. But the way he went out was so ridiculous. And now, I mean, there's nothing too wrong with now. The Sixers don't want him. But I don't know. What does he expect to get in this market? I don't know. But my view on Harden, I want to steer clear of him. I just don't like how stagnant he is, how much he dribbles the ball, his laziness defensively. And again, he has literally quit in playoff games. I don't want that wishy-washy effort. I'm not about it. But anyway, I'm just one guy. You can disagree with me, and I would love to hear your opinion in the comment section. But coming up, Mason Plumley back to the Clippers on a one-year, $5 million deal. Gonna be talking about that. Coming up, the Plum Dog, Plum Dog Millionaire is back. All right, Mason Plumley is back on the Clippers. So we re-signed him to a one-year, $5 million deal. I did say I wanted to stretch big, but you know what? Mason Plumley was very serviceable in the playoffs. And 
I mean, the, here's Mason, right? He's a lob threat, not a crazy one anymore, but he's a lob threat. A very solid finisher around the basket in terms of rolls and just catching the ball down deep. A very solid connective passer, pretty solid passer in the short roll. And he's just a big body and a very good rebounder. His flaws, he does not have very good hands. He thinks he's Magic Johnson sometimes. Like, he thinks he can just bring up the ball and, like, make plays and go behind his back. Like, occasionally it works out and it's amazing and everyone goes nuts. But it is just, sometimes it's ridiculous, the stuff that he tries to pull off. Just getting overzealous. He can't shoot the ball. He can't really create his own shot. Like, if you throw it down to him in the post or anything like that, he's not doing it much. Like occasionally, if he gets the ball deep enough, but nothing consistent. And mainly, what I didn't realize about him is his defense is pretty poor. I mean, he comes out. Because we usually hedge with him on screens or blitz. Because his drop coverage is terrible. He has very bad timing, even though he has a pretty impressive bounce for a big white guy. But he just has no timing, doesn't really know angles or whatever, doesn't block shots at all. So it's like teams are, when they get against, when they go up against him at the rim, it seems like they're getting everything they want. So he's solid. I think he's great in his role. So I'm okay with having Mason Plumlee as our backup center. I don't think Mason Plumlee as our backup center is going to make or break anything. But one thing I'll say is this. For people that's saying, how does this improve the team? Remember, Mason Plumlee was not on the team from the beginning of the season. We didn't even have a backup center for the majority of it. We played Moses Brown. He hasn't even proven that he can stay in the league. Mason Plumlee, having him from day one, will be absolutely massive to our team, in my opinion. And for what it's worth, Mason Plumlee did better in the playoffs than Zoo did. Not saying he's better than him, but he did. And I think he works pretty well with Russ. His hands are questionable, though, man. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But Zoo's hands aren't that great either. Anyway. Um, by the way, I wanted to say this about Harden and Russ. So Russ was 16 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists uh, with the Clippers on 49, 36 from 3, and 66 from the line. 49% in the field, of course. 3.4 turnovers, so the same amount of turnovers as Harden. Uh, that was only in 21 games. But in the playoffs, Russ averaged 24 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists on 41, 36, and 88 splits. 88% free throws. 4 turnovers, though, for Russ. And then Harden, 20 points, 6 boards, 8 assists on 39% from the field, 38 from 3, 87 from the line. So not that far difference in the splits. Uh, Russ was slightly better numbers, but of course, Russ was playing without Kawhi for three of the games. Harden played in 11 games, so he was he was playing without Embiid for a couple of them, though, and he played really well in those games. So that's one thing about Harden. We know that he can carry when guys are out because of his playmaking ability, but also Russ can to a degree as well, as we saw in that Memphis game late in the season. But anyway, as far as Mason Plumlee, I think I'm happy to have him back. It's nice to have a backup center. His defense isn't great, but... I think he'll still be serviceable, a big body. It's not like he always plays terrible defense. He's just not a very good pick-and-roll defender. But I think he'll be decent on the interior, and it's nice to have a solid roller, and he's a very good finisher. Like, he'll often have games where he'll be 4-4, four of 3-3, four, three of three, just finishing his opportunities when he gets them. And he's not as bad a free-throw shooter as I thought, even though he's got that weird left-handed shot these days. But anyway, let me know what you think of the Mason Plumlee uh, re-signing of James Harden potentially coming. And, of course, I do not want to give up Terrence Mann for James Harden. I mean, who's going to guard point of attack? 
and losing Terrence Mann, that's going to open up a whole can of worms for me emotionally. So let's not get into that on this episode. But everybody have a very fantastic 4th of July. Hope you see a lot of red, white, and blue for America, but also for your LA Clippers. Locked on Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms. So make sure you subscribe and hit the notification bell. We are so close to 3,000 subscribers. I'm so excited to reach that number. It is none. uh, No thanks to anyone other than you. The best fans in the game listening, showing me love. Please let me know what you think of the show and reply in the comments. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, DimeDropper, for even more NBA, LA Sports, NBA history content. And, of course... The age-old proverb continues, go Clippers. Have a safe and happy 4th of July.